At the Media Rumble this year, women in the newsroom were a big focus. We had a panel powered by UN Women that looked at gender inequality in the workplace. Another panel tried to understand why there are so few women editors in Indian newsrooms. Why do most leadership roles go to men? I caught up with four women journalists at the Media Rumble to look at some of these issues. What follows is a freewheeling conversation with them. Listen up. So we're with Shubhra. Uh, she's a film critic with Indian Express. I'm sure all of you have caught her bylines, and all of you go to read uh, her reviews of movies before deciding on whether you want to spend your money or not. And um, okay, so Shubhra, there's been this session of Media Rumble. There have been two sessions on women in the newsroom. There's been a lot of conversation on sexism in the newsroom, issues of gender parity, issues of uh, pay parity. And I wanted to ask you: There's been uh, there's a sense that among a lot of women journalists that when it comes to sexual harassment we have mechanisms in the newsrooms to deal with it i mean in in the sense that there is you can go you can complain there is still an institutionalized way in which you can deal with this but sexism is something that there's still not enough conversation about and there's there's no clear way in which you can deal with it so i just as a journalist who's been in the field for a very long time i wanted your experiences with it if you've had any and how would you how do women deal with it so the young journalist very many years ago i i remember being completely gobsmacked at the level of misogyny and sexism in the newsroom that i first went to you know it was to someone who had had a very liberal and i'm i'm using the word liberal very advisedly not in this kind of quote unquote liberal that we are now all running away from but we came from a space where everyone was everyone had a space everyone had a point of view and you were willing and you were welcome to express it as long as you could be civil and you could have a civil conversation going forward from there so when i i came into a newsroom and i was like the first time i remember coming onto a night shift and there was this kind of undercurrent of oh there's a new girl here yeah okay so it's okay you know you you are a new girl I mean, what else are you but a new girl but the fact that this whole business about the girl came up over and over again you know uh, late night we we used to have transport that went you know south delhi west delhi north whatever so we were all in like one cab and i used to be very often just the first woman and the rule was that the woman had to be i mean uh, the the female professional had to be dropped off first and would never have to be the last one why because it was just the way it was because security was paramount that we got but the kind of uh, digs and the kind of sexist jokes and the kind of a lot of it i missed i have to say i missed because i wasn't really aware but as i went along i realized what a very male dominated place the newsroom was and even back in the day when i joined there were not that many women but every time an, another woman uh, entrant came in we were told oh look at you guys you're now so many of you when we started off there were just so many it's just few there were there were very very often we've had like no loose on the same floor have had to trek long distances and everyone knew exactly where you were off to so there are there are these nudge wink kind of things that went on and there were all kinds of you know snide remarks you learn to either ignore it or you learn to you know sort of you know put it under the carpet or you talk to another female colleague because there was no way that you could raise it with a male colleague we didn't have mechanisms like the vishakha guidelines that are now uh, 
none of that existed and all of this we kind of learned how to deal with by kind of not on the job like yeah. most other things for the job or, or not dealing with it or you know just letting it slide you know because there was no other way so yeah what you talk about a lot of young journalists even today would talk about like how you enter a newsroom and you don't even realize someone's being sexist with you but there's always a lot of women journalists you speak to who worked around there's always this one moment where you kind of put your foot down and you sort of start asserting yourself did it uh, was there a moment with you or uh, did it gradually i mean how did you come to command that space in a newsroom where you said okay you can't mess with me or you can't or or start to telling off a male colleague or telling off not a colleague but an atmosphere in a newsroom which is sexist did that happen organically or i just want to understand like how does it you know work in a graph so i i don't remember there were like there was a m- exact moment where i decided that i was not going to deal with it but i do remember you know thinking to myself that this if this ever happens again i'm really going to give it to that guy you know and more than all of that there's this conversation that you have with yourself because a you're there because uh, not too many women are in that space there are just too many men around there is a lot of a uh, chatter which is not even meant for you but it is actually subliminal meant for you because people will say something and you're supposed to react to it without really reacting to it so it there came a time when i decided that i was not going to deal with it anymore but i think by that time i was vocal enough and loud enough and i had you know gone up the pecking order i had become senior enough you know i was not just a trainee intern i had you know i had done my work in the trenches i was somebody that people were actually looking up to in in that sense that i was i had all already started to grow into wanting to write in a on a couple of areas which are going to be totally mine and i think once you do that once you have a command of the areas on which you're going to be writing about a lot of this stuff sort of falls off on its own and i was just lucky to you know be part of an organization like the indian express where it almost this is almost we don't really have to deal with all of this i was just going to come to that yeah yeah because in liberal kind of space where the work that you do is is really literally paramount and yeah i was just going to come to that actually expresses among some few newspaper organizations legacy media organizations where you have women in prominent leadership roles you have you uh, writing on movies you have komi you have uh, ritu sarin what is it like to work in a newsroom where you have women in these leadership roles does it make life easier is it and when you compare it to maybe a time when newsrooms were very male dominated in terms of leadership roles so i i am actually i don't really work out of a newsroom i i work out of a movie hall basically that's my office but whenever i go in and i go in for meetings and i'm in and out of the office quite occasionally uh, there really is a sense of camaraderie when there are you know when there are women journalists but i have to say that at the express i've never had to really never really had to face any of this stuff this kind of sexism or it's a very it's an open it's like a fair the playing field is pre uh, even and there are conversations that are that you don't have to run away from and i'm sure a lot of people who maybe uh, people who are there from like early in the morning to late at night may have another story to tell but i doubt it i doubt very much because the papers dna is like that but you know i think when we talk about my organization or anyone else i think english language newspapers in in metros we are very privileged people because we can actually talk about this stuff and talk about it vocally now 
and put or put down, I think a lot of this just cannot happen in, in smaller towns where there is the, for lack of a better word, the vernacular press is really where it's at. And I think there the situation is really dire because you can talk about it, but then your job is at stake. You know, who's going to listen to you? And uh, if you complain, then you're the troublemaker. It's not the guy who's going to be punished. It is you who's going to be, you know, you're just either you're putting attention onto yourself, which is not something that, you know, people will say, are you to or people will say, oh, hey, this girl is a troublemaker. Well, let's not just give her any, anything. Yeah, which is why you don't see many women complaining. And those who do complain, we don't, like those who really go out and complain, they do have difficulties getting jobs. Like the troublemaker tag that you spoke about. Another thing that I think a lot of women, especially young journalists, and of course senior journalists also have been talking about is pay parity. Not getting paid equally for the same amount of work that you do when compared to your male colleague. How do you, what advice would you give to young women journalists in terms of negotiating this and do you agree that do you agree that there is a pay pad have you personally okay so i i really no i will say this that the that journalism is not something that is you know that works out operates out of the ether it it is pretty much an index of how we operate across the board. There is a problem of pay and a parity uh, problem with women and men across the board in other professions. So I guess journalism does have some of that, but I think it's not as acute as in very many other places. It's not like you're, going, you're in Bollywood and an actress will get like one-tenth of what a superstar will get, a male superstar. You could be female, but you could still be pegged at one. I don't think in journalism, in, especially in the metro, especially in the legacy media, or I don't think that is as much of an issue as it maybe as it used to be at one point. Yeah, I think we are getting somewhere on that. Yeah. Since you covered the film industry, I have to ask you. So many people ask this, like, why doesn't India have its Me Too campaign? There are a lot of cases, but we don't have a Me Too campaign. Why do you think? Yeah, it's. You know, the, we in India, we really don't have a tradition of complaining or standing up for yourself or about just pointing fingers at a man who's harassing you. Sexual harassment is something that we don't talk about. Stalking is something we don't talk about. It's only now in the last five or ten years that all of these issues are now coming up. And I think that is also sort of seeping into the film industry, which is one of the most sexist places that you could ever imagine yourself to be because a woman knows that, you know, a female performer knows that if she complains, there are 10 other people who are willing to take her place at maybe one-tenth the price. So there is that. And there is also the other thing about, again, there will be like, okay, you're talking out of turn. We're not going to give you a role. So everyone is petrified. It's not that it's not happening in Kerala. They've in the last yes, few, yes, yeah. In the last few months, I think really heartening stuff is happening down there, where the Women Collective, which is which has editors, which has uh, producers, which has uh, actors, all part of it, are coming together and saying that no, we will not stand for it. You know, so I think some of that stuff, the younger actors, Swara Bhaskar, you know, uh, Radhika Apte, and a, a few other people are are now being vocal about the fact that this there is all of that going on and that they will not stand for it. And there are some of that will hopefully seep into the other parts of the film industry as well. It's not going to happen overnight and there's too much at stake for a lot of people to actually you know, stand up and complain because the, because the stakes are so high, because they've 
worked so hard to be where they are to have that one little thing so they just suck it up and walk on which is not healthy which is not ideal but i think things are changing i it will take some time but i think things are changing okay one last question because you're a film critic and you review movies and you're a woman journalist there is a certain way that you'd look at a movie and you often see that in your review that you have you will we will talk about quote unquote feminist angles or or scrutinize a movie for its gender politics do you often get this from uh, maybe your colleagues or maybe from the movies that review that you're unnecessarily being feminist because a lot of <laughs> lot of women face that ki har cheez mein feminism dal dete hain har cheez ko feminist ke lens se dekh no i think i get a lot of compared about isko to kuch acha nahi lagta hai more than yeah no i i am very clear that i i am my prism uh, my prisms are many my metrics are many feminism is and 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 the respect for what women characters or female characters are parlaying or getting in the space of the film is very important to me and it is a very important part of how i look at a film but there are other parts too so it's not just the only one and like i said i get trolled a lot more for the fact that i don't like anything <laughs> no. but we like you for that because it then helps us make our mind whether we should spend our money on a movie or not so we're with maria ressa she's the ceo of rappler all of you should know about rappler so go check it out i'm not going to like spoon feed into you but maria you were last year at the world news congress and uh, you were awarded there for golden pen freedom award yes. right and that's for freedom of uh, somebody fighting for press freedom is that it's it's actually it's i didn't realize how prestigious it was for the world new for the world news congress but it is the annual award that they give to journalists who stand up for what journalism is ah. right so but uh, that a conference came into a lot of controversy and i read on the rappler that there were a bevy of men who spoke before you there was a lot of sexist jokes jokes on fake news comparing it to breasts uh, inappropriate touching and all of that and rappler had a piece that end misogyny and that's the one question that a lot of women journalists have been talking about at the media rumble is how do you end misogyny in newsrooms so i want your feedback on that you know one of the nice things about the panel here was that all, almost the all of us on the panel were women who ran their organizations and so it's a in a way you can say we got out of it right but the reality really is that we can only do as well as our work cultures allow us to do and those cultures the values of that culture are embedded in our own dna so sometimes what we've seen is that women themselves get in the way of their own ability to move up the ladder right in portugal what was interesting is that the organizer is a very nice much older gentleman who carried the values of his generation to him it wasn't demeaning or sexist he was being nice right and he he thought that it was something that was accepted and i think this is what's happening the change in values in every country around the world is that well people are standing up and saying these values are not accepted that there is sexism that's implicit in them and that women in particular deserve better right so we've grown up in an age where there's been this rise and especially in the United States in fact you can even argue that in the US the pendulum has swung so far that white men who are say homophobic have felt like their whole world is turned upside down right so change is coming fast but it is our ability as people to shift our values 
at the same pace. And sometimes that's where we see these disconnects. In the Philippines, this is very clear. We have a president who is in his 70s. His values are reflected in his statements, which are oftentimes full of sexism and are quite misogynistic. And what we worry about is that that will get transmitted to the youth of today. We've moved beyond this. Women have are running organizations in the Philippines. But when the leader uses these demeaning words, what does that do for the next generation? You work in a newsroom, I mean, you lead a newsroom, which is mostly women, right? 63% women, the median age is 23 years old. There's a hundred of us in Rappler. What's it like, I mean, compared to your starting days, maybe when you worked in male-dominated newsrooms, how, what is the key difference that you see in a newsroom which is female-dominated versus a newsroom which is male-dominated? So I'm very biased because I'm running the newsroom, right? But I think one of the nice things that we've seen is that when women are running the news group, you're making space. It's a much more inclusive way of doing it because you don't know. You don't have all the answers. And actually acknowledging that and helping nurture. And especially in this day and age, it's the youth that will have the answers that my generation won't have, right? So I feel like I have as much to learn from them as they have from us. And I think that's the magic formula. When I was starting in my 20s, there were the sexism was still there, but it, I was also lucky because in the Philippines, women led the fight against the martial law, Ferdinand Marcos, when he had declared martial law. Women inside magazines called Mr. and Miss, right? That's a lifestyle magazine. These were the women who were ostensibly like pushing. Changing. Yes. So they did it in a roundabout way, but I like where we are and perhaps we're lucky, right? But I always joke, I always tell our women managers, you've got to have equal opportunity for men. <laughs> no, it's, it's really true, right? Because if our if our lenses are too colored the other way, I mean... Yeah, that, that defeats the purpose. Yeah. Exactly. Equality is what we're really going after. Last question. Pay parity is a huge issue. I think, I think for a lot of young journalists, a lot of uh, even mid-career journalists feel that if you're a woman doing the same job as your male colleague, you're just going to get paid less. There's a lot of resentment. What, what would be your advice to women wanting more parity in the workspace? Be very good at what you do and demand. I think that you, you heard this in the panel yesterday, right? Even Shireen, who is looks, I have never worked with her, but I would love to work with her, right? Super professional, articulate, but she's never asked for an increase, which means there probably is room for an increase for her. Um, and I learned this the hard way, right? When I finally asked for an increase, I got triple my pay. So it never hurts to ask. And here's the negative way of phrasing that. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> Women tend to want to keep things moving. We put the greater good above our individual. Men, in, in general, maybe that's because the way, that's the way our society trained them. Not a problem to ask. So it should not be a problem to ask. Or the first is ask. But before you ask, God, make sure you're the best at what you do now. And, and some will say, well, that's also not the same because men will ask even if they're not the, the same. So this goes back to, again, a mindset for women, right? What's that? Field of dreams. If you build it, they will come, right? Sometimes... And I am as guilty of this. I want to be 150% the best before I ask. But that's not the way the world works, right? So I think we have to be aware of these differences and then push for what you want. Why shouldn't you? Great. That was lovely. We're with Neha Dikshit. She's a freelance journalist. I'm sure all of you have read her bylines. 
if you haven't then do read it uh, neha this media rumble we've had a lot of discussions on women in the media gender pay parity and i think the one big question for everyone was a big issue that came out was pay parity women not being paid as for the same work they do as much as their male colleagues how do you think we can fix that thank you manisha thank you for plugging in my stories <laughs> but uh, see it's a larger structural thing it there is structural sexism in newsrooms so which is why we know that even though media has a lot of women workers but at the same time a lot of them are stuck in the lower rung and the middle rung so they do not reach the higher rung to be able to get the kind of packages that the male colleagues get because the male editors male journalists end up being editor in chiefs being on the management board editorial board and that happens less and less when it comes to women so that is one structural way in which they are denied uh, the same parity and also there's a larger thing because we know that in the kind of corporate media setup that we uh, exist in right now we know that there have been researchers which tell us that each, for every 250 dollars a man makes a woman makes 100 dollars so that's the it's the same model here maybe it's the this figure is from the west but it, we have something similar here so there can be that that comparison so that it's at two levels it's the sexism within and it's just generally outside within which the labor laws are non existent there is no specific policies to ad- address diversity or uh, uh, gender parity and all of that so i think it's all linked to it another thing that i think a lot of and this when you even when you speak to a lot of women journalists this comes across that sexual harassment is something that we have uh, the mechanisms to cope with even if they are not always working for us but there is a committee you can go to there is a complaint there's a description of what constitutes sexual harassment but what do you do of sexism in the newsroom the all pervasive sexism that you can't really pinpoint all the time that often you don't have recourse to have if there's something that you'd want to recount i mean as a reporter if you face this sort of sexism maybe you can tell us about it and how do you deal with it see it's uh we all know that there is sexism and it's kind of people are patronizing sometimes people mansplain a lot and obviously women are supposed to do health and education or maybe a case of sexual violence but it if it comes to a bigger political story then 70 out of 100 times it's some senior male reporter who would go and do that so that is at one level and there are like smaller things and i don't know how can we deal with it because first thing is sexual harassment which is like i was telling the other day as well that uh, Yeah, I'm part of something called the Network for Women in India and NWMI in 2013 did a survey with several media organizations crowdsourcing information whether they have an internal complaints committee or not and we only got responses from six organizations so that speaks for itself and the second thing is the daily sexism that it's kind of uh, it's very tiring to keep reporting that you know so you develop your own mechanism to deal with it for example uh, once i had gone to uh, cover a child soldier camp by the maoist in jharkhand and i came back and i filed the story and it went on air for half an hour and after that i got leads in the similar similar area to go, do, go and do a story and the editor turned around and said that we can't send a little girl so how do you like why if if this this happens every day how do you fight that so i think uh, lots of women journalists they make their own kind of support groups within the organization a lot of women journalists come together to at least vent out what they are facing every day even if there's no redressal or even if things don't change and one last question that there's been a clear divide even in news laundry's uh, panel discussions there's a certain there's one segment of women journalists who feel they don't want to be they don't want to be typecast as women journalists that we're journalists first we do our job and that's about it and we don't make yourself 
into this woman journalist and of course there's another segment that feels there's an importance to sort of stress on the fact that you're a woman journalist operating in mostly male dominated newsrooms where would you stand on this discourse see i think it's a kind of a stupid thing to say because when we say we need gender parity or we we need to we want to annihilate caste or we want people from all religions to have equal access to everything we have to understand and pinpoint what are the problem areas till the point you do not acknowledge what the problem is how can you say that everything is equal and everything is fine the same thing applies to being identified as a woman journalist or not a woman journalist is because there have been several st- types there is uh, there are sexist practices that women journalists have to overcome and struggle against and if we do not say acknowledge that a woman journalist is facing that not a male journalist how are we going to fix it so i personally have absolutely no problem being identified as a woman journalist and at the same time i would like as a woman journalist i would also like to break the stereotypes that people have about women journalists so it works at two levels for me So we're with Sunetra. You have, of course, seen her on television in NDTV. She's the political editor at NDTV. And Sunetra, we've had a lot of discussions on women in media, a lot of issues like sexism, sexual harassment, pay parity. And I thought it'd be interesting to interview you because you come from a channel which has a lot of women newsroom leaders, a lot of women who work there talk about uh, the work culture in NDTV and how it's uh, really good for women to work there. Like you have a crush, right? So I want to know compare newsrooms an NDTV newsroom which is mostly women dominated compared to some of the earlier newsrooms where you may have worked which would have been more male dominated You know first of all thank you Vanisha you know I used to work for this Hindi channel for a very short while I used to my first job was at the Indian Express which again uh, was very very good for women because it, it was exactly the kind of it, it meant like I got the same kind of reception there as i was brought up as well you know of saying that it didn't matter that i was a woman or gender or whatever we did the same things and then when i moved to tv so i moved to star news which is a hindi newsroom i cannot tell you the nightmare that it was the 10 months that i was there i was literally shocked by what i saw there there were people who had there was one man who used to have porn magazine in the newsroom on the table because and no one said anything there were people this was a journalist this man yes he was one of the senior news managers there were all of the people decision makers were men and they would i found subtle power plays there uh, of someone taking out if some woman had some attitude they would drop their piece to cameras you know so power plays like that at one point i i mean this is so long ago that i feel comfortable talking about it now at one point of time i remember that i asked for i asked why my uh, my assessment wasn't a particular way and i was told by my news manager my male news manager he basically came out and told me that you know you you're very argumentative so my my personality which had been brought up to think that i should be how i am which is however it is which is assertive and whatever was inappropriate and i was given the instance of another female colleague who was much more accommodating in nature that was a wake up call for me and so that kind of exposed me to how harmful how toxic newsrooms can be and i realized and then in my conversations with people in uh, among other hindi journalists i realized that's a norm that really is the norm and i think it upsets me i left as soon as i could uh, ndtv gave me an offer 
but it really gave me an instance uh, insight into how bad things can be and compared to that NTV has been paradise maybe that's why I haven't moved for 15 years I just realized how bad sometimes some workroom uh, you know newsrooms can be but do you think the reason why things have been good for your NTV or generally like a lot of women who work they talk about the great work culture there for women is because there are women leadership women leading editorial roles you have more women on top who are perhaps sensitive towards what other women go through definitely i i really think that is you know uh, one of our promoters founders is radhika rai and i think like you mentioned the crash i mean as soon as you bring in something like a crash it's a game changing dynamic it means that a woman reporter like me doesn't have to worry about rushing back home at 6 o'clock because you know they they know that their child is in a safe environment it just gives you the ability to uh, keep doing doing the same kind of investigation stories and all so it is because of having women in power there yet i think that it is always an evolving situation i think what is required is for women to be supportive of each other i know that once or twice my colleagues my peers uh, have sometimes referred to maternity leave as time off I think that is very very damaging. I think we need to talk about the fact that we need to empower and we need to be assertive. I think a lot of us women are not assertive about our rights. We think it's weakness to take maternity leave. We think it's uh, a sign of uh, being great, being very efficient if we forgo this time. Uh, and yet it shouldn't be like that. So I think talking about it making sure that we know what our rights are and getting them and then being supportive of each other i think that goes a long way and that doesn't just come from company policies i think it's just women being aware and assertive you know and and that doesn't happen enough i think yeah and i think the crash pit is actually quite remarkable and i'm surprised it's the only newsroom that i know of does it and it does really change things because the organization is also telling you that it's okay you can you know go about your life in the way you do you, you get know, married also, you have they've also allowed women who adopt to do that which is amazing yeah. you know which i don't think i mean so ndtv is amazing because of these kind of yeah it certainly incentivizes women journalists another thing that's been talked about is pay parity now a lot of and this is a discussion that you would have had with a lot of your friends in the industry or other colleagues that we don't get paid as much as our male colleagues do for the same amount of work how do you think we can change that and and firstly do you think like do you personally have you felt that okay i do the same amount of work but a male colleague of mine will just get paid more than me i think you know when i went for my maternity leave and i came back i think that was the only time when i felt that when the when an assessment this is like giving out way too much information but when at that time and thank god it didn't happen if if i wasn't assessed Uh, equally to my male colleagues then i would have thought that i'm being punished as a woman i think i'm not sure whether in ndtv is the right place to in ndtv i don't think we have that issue because there are mostly women you know so you don't have that pay parity to be there however i really do think that women are really shy about talking about their money and i think we just need to be more more aggressive i think we need to keep having that conversation and and we don't we think it's unlady like maybe to talk about money you know and i remember when i first got a job i didn't even ask how, what my pay was going to be i started and then when my salary check came that's when i found out i don't know why that is but it is changing i think the wage gap thing is much worse in america i haven't heard my colleagues talk about 
the payback. I think what is a problem, however, is women not getting the same kind of beats as men. Yeah, I was in fact just going to come to that because you cover politics. And there is this inherent, you know, every beat is kind of gendered. So a woman will uh, not be given crime. She'd be given women and child ministry. She won't be given defense ministry. She'd be given maybe environment ministry. I mean, that's something that a lot of beat reporters speak of. Have you faced that and how did you overcome that? I know. Why aren't there women in defense ministry? Is it because women aren't interested? I don't know. I wasn't interested, but I was definitely interested in politics. I think part of the political... You started off with crime, right? Yeah, I did start off with crime. But uh, that also just for a, a month or so. And then I switched to something else because my editor thought it would be easier for somebody else to do crime. But then I came back to it because it's always been a passion of mine. But you know what? I must tell you, I think why... You know, there are other kind of layers involved. So the political reporting thing, I think women don't survive in it or women take other things because, you know, with politicians, the lifestyle of the politicians of chatting after work, of having their bars in the evenings, I think put a lot of women off or encourage a lot of editors to let men on those beats. So I think we just have to find and what women don't realize is that we don't have to ape the and I you know it took me a long time to figure it out. It really did. I thought it was a disadvantage that I can't go out for a drink and uh, or, or a smoke with a male politicians like the men do right the men male bonding is through telling a comrade oh can i share your cigarette you know that's male bonding which in india women won't do that however i think the realization which i think other women i can just share that with other women is which i've had is that you can have your own way of bonding with people it doesn't have to be the you know the man's way of doing it and that is empowering by itself so I think most of us women editors, women journalists I spoke to and I think this is something that I believe too is that if you want to address the issue of pay gaps women just have to ask. I hope you found our discussion valuable. If you want to catch our sessions at the Media Rumble please log on to the News Laundry channel on YouTube and you can watch all the panels there. Thanks a lot. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs>